1: Here's our second interview of the week, or rather interviews. If you caught our recent Conservation Nation video on California water resources and subsequent management, you saw that I spoke to four experts on this particular issue and two of them have joined the podcast today for an expanded conversation about the problem plaguing California's water quality, water resources, if there's mismanagement, what the history of this issue looks like. And I wanted them to expand upon this and the different characteristics of the issue and whether or not it is underpinned by environmental crises, some extenuating circumstances, or if this is a common phenomenon that has been going on for years and the lawmakers just don't know how to respond. And if special interests are also preventing water management from being conducted, And the two individuals I spoke with are Johnny Amaral and William Bordeaux. I think you'll find them to be eloquent. They know this issue well. They're very eloquent, and they help break down some of the complexities involved in this. And they also update listeners on the status of some of these water infrastructure projects if these problems will be fixed and what water management looks like in California going forward and if we're going to see any changes in policy and maybe some realization that things have to change and you can't have a preservationist approach to water management let me know what you think of my conversation with William and Johnny Johnny and William thank you for joining the podcast
2: thanks Gabriella thank you for having us appreciate appreciate the invitation
1: it was wonderful to interview you both and a few other folks from California and your region for our new conservation nation video, which will to n- to now be out uh, as of this recording. And I wanted you both to talk about your involvement in this issue and give us an update on the water situation in California. So could you both for my listeners who are unaware or would like to know more about your respective organizations, your involvement, could you just tell them what you guys do and, and what specifically your titles are.
2: Go ahead, John. Okay. Thank you. Um, Yeah. My name is Johnny Amaral. I'm with, I'm the chief operating officer and chief for external affairs for the Friant Water Authority, which is a um, uh, organization that represents over 30 contractors who receive water from Millerton Lake on the east side of the San Joaquin Valley which is from, in essence, Kern County to Merced County. Uh, It's the largest, one of the largest growing regions in terms of food and fiber uh, production in the world. It's uh, the most, the most fertile uh, uh, land in the world. Um, We have a lot of innovation, um, just a lot of really forward leaning farmers and, um, and companies here that uh, really feed the world. And so, when we met last, Gabriela, um, things have changed quite a bit since we did our interview out in the field. Um, your readers and listeners have probably seen the news about all the flooding and the historic rainfall and snowpack. I mean, four hundred percent of normal snowpack in the Sierra Nevada mountain range. It's a, it's just one of those years. But like I mentioned to you then, uh, it's. It's unfortunate, and it's hard for people to really get their arms around this. That just because we had a big water year, and we're experiencing that right now with lots of rain and lots of snowpack, it, it doesn't mean we're out of the drought situation. In fact, we are forever in California in a drought situation, and it's not because, and it's not Mother Nature's fault. It is a an overregulated, um, uh, uh, overly complicated. Uh, system uh, that was once the kind of the envy of the world, this this, this system that was built almost a hundred years ago to move water around California, it's just gotten strangled by laws and lawsuits and regulations and other restrictions. To where, even though we have a big year like we've experienced this year in terms of rainfall and snowpack, guys like William and I are already thinking about what about next year? And if we don't have another wet year, we're back into this perpetual uh, cycle of shortages. And it's, and it's important for your listeners to know, it's not because of hydrologic drought. This is a problem that was created by man, and it needs to be fixed by man. Well said, Johnny. Um, I'm William Bordeaux. I'm the um,
0: chairman of the board of the California Water Alliance. I'm a director for West. And I'm the vice chairman of the board of the San Luis and Delta Mendota Water Authority. And we do have challenges with our hydrology. We do have periods of, of wet, like we were experienced this last winter, and then we have dry periods. But most of our issues are political. Unfortunately, In order to receive a reliable water supply, much of that has to do with litigation and the operations of the Delta, as opposed to if we have enough water to provide for a vibrant domestic food supply capability, which I think is in our national interest.
1: And what explains the situation in California you both alluded to California's water hydrology some people attribute it to climate change like we talked about in the video uh, but what would you say are the root causes of the malaise you currently have in California
2: yeah I could if, if it's okay William I'll take this one first I mean it is it is undeniable that um for the better part of uh uh, for the majority of the life of the major water projects in California, when I say water project projects, I mean the state of California owns a uh, owns and operates um, a, a water system in California that moves water from the north to the south. As does the federal government. For the better part of the lifespan of both of those projects, everything worked fine, and it was. Regardless of hydrology, regardless of rainfall and snowpack, the system worked as it was designed to work. Um, and by the way, I would remind your listeners that the, these systems were built in California with the understanding that we go through these periods of drought followed by, uh, periods of, uh, of abundant rainfall and snowpack. That's been California's history. And so these projects were built to uh, to harness that reality. And um, it's only been in the last 30 years or so that uh, because of the laws and lawsuits and regulations that William mentioned that this system that was once the wonder of the world has been basically brought to its knees. It just can't function to perform its basic function, which is to deliver water for farms and communities across the state. And I know that it's a hot button topic. I know it's 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 uh, it's a cool thing these days to blame everything on climate change. But I'm, what, I'm, what I'm saying is, if you just look at the raw data in terms of hydrology in California every year, which state of California compiles this data and keeps it, so it's not this is not Johnny talking. This is the state of California's own data. Hydrology in California really hasn't changed a whole lot in the last well more than a hundred years. What has changed? Is how the projects and how water gets managed in California. That's the common denominator in all of these issues. I'm not denying that there are uh, years where we have actual drought. That happens. That's the again. That's the history of California's hydrology. It happens. Um, so I'm, so don't take this the wrong way. I'm not denying that we have periods of dry hydrology. What I but what I am saying is um, this system that was designed in anticipation of that. Has been brought to its knees through overregulation and laws and lawsuits, and to where it can't meet its its basic critical function, except for years like this, which is a year where there's so much rain and so much snow that there's flooding everywhere in California.
0: To just emphasize Johnny's point, prior to the punitive regulations that we operate under now. In 1977, which I believe was the driest year in recorded history, we were still able to receive an allocation from the federal government and the state of California. And so the system works even on dry years if it's managed correctly. Unfortunately, we haven't been investing in the infrastructure as well. These systems, like Johnny alluded to, were built a long time ago, and we're not putting The required investments to maintain them or improve them or build them for the population that has skyrocketed over the years because of the success of these water projects without these water projects the state of california wouldn't be the economic hub of our country that that it is it allows uh, people to live in the bay area and in los angeles without these water projects we wouldn't have those communities
1: what would you say is the current obstacle or the current obstacles to sustaining and having water management currently? Is it from the top in Sacramento? Is it special interests? What exactly is preventing some of the solutions you guys have talked about in our video from happening?
2: Yeah, one of the biggest, uh, we did talk about this actually when we were out there uh, on site, Gabriella, but one of the biggest obstacles we have is, Is the is water in California has become, especially in in the recent decades, a very political topic, and um, and it's not it's not not as much as it as it once was in terms of drawn down party lines. It's more drawn down regional lines now, where uh, where it's become political um, because um, largely these most of the impacts to these laws and regulations that have been layered on top of one another have 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 a a really hard impact on the Central Valley communities, the ag communities. And so it's it's banded the valley together in uh, as we've been seeking you know solutions to these problems, but they're very hard to find these solutions because it's become so political. So the I'd say the biggest challenge we have to fixing to fixing operations to where we can get back to a system where we can reliably Uh, count on water deliveries that make sense. Um, It's been because of these regional political battles. I
0: would, I would add to it is that unfortunately we haven't done a good job telling our story. The farmers that, that Johnny represents and that farm in the regions where where I live and farm, that they've been extremely successful and provide safe, affordable nutrition food in abundance and so all you have to do is go to the grocery store and you will you will see things year round and and so but people used to live near a farm or on a farm and so they could appreciate all the hard work and all the challenges that are associated with you know producing food a lot of times you have to go long periods of time before you generate any income they're they're capital intensive You have weather and pests and a myriad of issues that could cause problems. Supply and demand issues, markets can get overproduced and underproduced, and all the things that make it challenging. And people don't have an appreciation for all the time, energy, and effort that goes into producing the food that people find in the grocery stores. And so I think we need to do a better job of, educating people on the symbiotic relationship that rural communities have with these large municipalities where a lot of the decisions are being made because that's where a lot of the votes come from and a lot of the politicians are elected out of and so they just lack the understanding and i think we all need to do a better job of telling our story and explaining how we all are are working together for achieving all the different successes that we need to do in the future.
1: Is Governor Newsom taking water management seriously? I saw, I think a little after we all met, that he suspended certain environmental laws to allow for perhaps more reforms to happen. What is the kind of underpinning there? Is there any truth to that? Or he hasn't really made any strides to fix the situation?
2: So no, there's, there you're you're right. What what you're alluding to, Gabrielle, is uh, action taken by the, the governor and the state of California to allow for more flexible operations to take the floodwaters that we were experiencing for the better part of the last three months or so, uh, and and move that water into groundwater recharge facilities and other facilities just to provide more flexibility. Because as I mentioned, it's you know it's become a very tangled mess of laws and regulations and and regulators um, governing how water moves in California, so that was welcomed and needed uh, to provide just a little more flexibility to be able to move water uh, when it was available, especially floodwaters where it needed to go, so that we didn't lose so much. Um, but I will say that you know it also came at a time when every river, every creek, every 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 channel that can move water in California was full. It was everything. Was just uh, just jam packed, full water moving, and it was causing flooding all over the place. So it's um, it's good to have those types of flexibility, uh, that, that type of flexibility in place for uh, for now. But it would be it's even more important in the average or let or below average years to be able to have that flexibility to move more water into groundwater storage and other facilities. But the you know the the overarching I don't want to get too far in the weeds here for your For your uh, listeners, Gabriella, but the the overarching issue we face is the political football that water has become as it relates to how water moves through the Delta. And for your listeners that aren't from California, the San Joaquin Sacramento River Delta is basically uh, that's where all the major river systems meet in the kind of north central part of the state and um, the sacramento river the san joaquin river i mean all the major river systems kind of meet there and the and the major water projects the major facilities are centered there in the delta because as water moves from the north and from the south into the delta what happens with that water really determines whether or not cities and farms in california have water supply and and the the political football that i mentioned earlier the 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 political nature of this is really related to how what laws and regulations are going to be in place that govern how water moves when it gets to the delta and that's i mean that is the prize we've got to this even people who aren't farmers that just folks who are living anywhere in the state of california if they're not involved in agriculture but they eat which is everyone That's something that everyone should be paying very close attention to because it is a battle royale um, about how we move, how water is moved in California. You know, 80 80 percent of the snowpack and rainfall falls in northern California. But 80 percent of the demand for that water is is in, you know, in central and southern California. And so how water moves matters tremendously and the state and federal governments both have major water uh, major water projects located in the delta these pumps people refer to them as the pumps that pump water and that's kind of what's in limbo right now that w- how we're going to govern and and manage water supplies uh, this year next year the years after that's all up in the air and it's a question it's an unanswered question and so it gives people like me and William a high level of anxiety knowing that that's an open question. And so, um, it, you know, I like to say that one thing about the American government is eventually we get it right. <laughs> eventually we get it right. We try lots of ways to do things and eventually we get it right. Um, I'm hopeful that um, that eventually we get it right um, and and prioritize water how it should be prioritized for to grow food. And so people have can have water in their homes and through their faucets. I recognize that hope is not a very good strategy. Um, You know, so that's why, you know, banding together, ringing the bell, making sure our voices are heard, making sure people even outside of the agricultural regions understand that it's not just farmers that get impacted when this political football keeps bouncing around and around and around. So um th- that's really the prize. How water is going to move through the uh, Sacramento, San Joaquin, Delta, that's what matters. Um, it's, a, it's, an, it's an open question still. We don't know. And it's something that's, been, something that's been kind of the bane of our existence for really the last 30 years.
0: I, w- I would like to say that I appreciate what the governor has done and continues to do. Obviously, more can be done. But even a li- liberal governor gets viciously attacked in the state of California for even trying to do anything. I mean, some of these organizations, they're they're opposed to any kind of human progress, and and they they profit from the litigation surrounded with this very complex issue, and and they thrive off the, 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 the challenges, and they don't want to see anyone succeed, and they've been probably the most successful out of anyone dealing with these very challenging circumstances, and something needs to be done about that.
1: What else about the water situation should listeners know about that they haven't heard elsewhere they'd like them to be especially mindful of?
2: Well, we haven't built a major reservoir in California since the mid eighties, um, even though as william mentioned the the population is has just grown exponentially since then um, we have um, We have a decaying uh, broken not just a broken system in terms of the regulation, but we have facilities that have been built for almost a hundred years in some cases even more than, more so more than that have, are are starting to crumble and decay, and these are the major facilities that move water from point a to point b you know really vital critical facilities um and um the other thing that I think people should be aware of, even though it's very hard to convince them of this is that, as William mentioned, food security um, is a national security issue. And it's hard to get people to realize that when they walk into their supermarket in town and they see a produce section that is, you know, colorful and vibrant and full. Um, But, um, you know, it's we don't ever want to get to a spot to. And and there's a lot of factors, a lot of reasons for that. But we don't ever want to get to a spot where we're we have a hungry nation and we're fortunate this today that we do not have that um there's there's food available there's lots of food available and that's um, due to the ingenuity and the perseverance of the american farmer it makes that happen um but um we are we we're getting to a point with this walk with the overregulation of the water system where i don't know when it's going to be exactly but um you're starting to see signs of it where many farmers and, and companies are basically begging for mercy and they're getting out And so that's a dangerous road to go down. We don't want to go there.
0: I want people to know that the challenges we face can be overcome. American ingenuity have solved these problems in the past, and we can solve the problems in the future. We're blessed here in the state of California. We have the Sierra Nevadas that even on a dry year catch capture a tremendous amount of snowpack. And then pioneering individuals that came before us have built a system that we can move water from Northern California all the way to Southern California. But if we wanna continue to succeed as a state and as a nation, we're gonna have to come together and solve these problems. It breaks my heart that many of some of our most successful farmers have to relocate to Mexico so they they can succeed because they don't have all the challenges that we face here. And that just breaks my heart. And that's something that we need to do to change that because we have the capability to produce food in abundance. All we need to do is solve these very, you know, over-regulated, I mean, I want to be regulated. I want to be some of the highest food safety standards in the world. And I want to make sure that the environment flourishes. At the same time, we need to make sure that we have human progress because without that, we're not going to be able to solve those other problems.
1: Well said. If my listeners want to connect with both of you individually and your respective organizations, where would you like to send them to?
2: For me, they can just go to our website, F R I A N T W A T E R. F-R-I-A-N-T-W-A-T-E-R.org, and uh, send me a note or send me an email, however you want to do it. It's um, We're always looking for the opportunities to help folks understand what we're dealing with out here in California and and kind of show off some of the innovation and 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 you know kind of other strides we've made over several generations here in the valley to be more be more efficient to be better producers to be better stewards of the land i mean I always remind people that farmers are the real environmentalists farmers have to take care of their land in order to get a crop and um, and it's something to be proud of um, that we have this uh, under our feet here, uh, for, uh, not here, not just here in the valley, but for the, it's it's an asset for the entire United States and the world, and it's something that should be promoted and protected uh, to the greatest extent possible.
0: Yeah, I'd encourage them just to go out to CaliforniaWaterAlliance.org and um, reach me there, and uh, or you could you, know, you call me on my cell phone five five nine two one zero one four seven one. Uh, I'm willing to work with anyone to help overcome these these challenges and make sure we all succeed.
1: I really appreciate you both coming on, taking time out of your very busy schedules because agriculture, water, all that demands a lot of time. So grateful for that. And also thank you guys again for speaking in our video report. I think it's going to be well-received and is being well-received by those who are watching it. So appreciate you coming on here and participating in that previous project as well.
2: Thank you you for the invitation, Gabrielle. I appreciate it. Looking forward to seeing the final product.
1: Thanks for listening to today's episode. Make sure you're connected to us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And also on your preferred player, we recommend Apple Podcasts, where you can leave us reviews if you really like the content. Share the podcast with friends who may be interested in learning more about what's trending in conservation and the related industries that entangle with it and sometimes work against it as well. Thanks for listening to the show and stay tuned for the next episode.